Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Ladies and gentlemen, thrilled to have you here for another epic debate. If it's your first time here, I want to let you know that at Modern Day Debate, we are a neutral platform. So we have no stances or positions of our own. We are just a platform for others to come and state their case on a level playing field. And want to let you know as well, no matter what walk of life you are from, we hope you feel welcome. Also, if you are sick in the head like us and you like juicy, controversial debates, well, consider hitting that subscribe button, my friend, because we have many more coming up. In fact, as you'll see, for example, to the bottom right of the screen, we are pumped for this Friday's debate between Dr. Michael Shermer and Inspiring Philosophy. It is going to be juicy, folks. That's on whether or not Christianity is dangerous. And right now, the Kickstarter is about to close. You guys, we're running out of time. If you have not pledged yet, highly encourage you. So what we're doing is we're trying, we're trying this new strategy. When we go for bigger speakers, they oftentimes have bigger honorariums. And so, in other words, it helps us to kind of take those bigger risks when we have help. And so for this debate... One way that you can help make it happen is if you pledge $3, you can watch it live. Basically, the price of a cup of coffee nowadays, and you can watch it live, and it helps make the debate possible for everybody because we will release it in the next several days after it occurs live to the rest of the world. But to watch it live, as I had mentioned, just pledge to that Kickstarter, which is linked in the description. And by the way, we are thrilled, you guys. We have made our original goal. So technically, your pledge is actually going to go toward, we have kind of a stretch goal where we want to fly down to the Atheist Experience Studio and have another live debate with Matt Dillahunty and the crew at the Atheist Experience Studio. Really great guys. I really loved them. It was just a great time that we went there last. It was about, yeah, it was about a year ago. So we are going to use those extra funds to make that trip for another in-person debate, and we hope you enjoy it as we're excited for the future this year. It's going to be epic, folks. But want to let you know a couple of other quick channel housekeeping things. First, our, our speakers are linked in the description. So if you want to hear any more from Dapper Dino or Otangelo, well, good news. You can by clicking on those links that are also in the description. And for tonight's debate, the way it's going to work is it's pretty flexible, so mostly open conversation. We'll have our roughly 12-minute opening statements from each side, then that open conversation, followed by Q&A for about 30 minutes. If you happen to have a question, please do fire it into the live chat. If you tag me with at Modern Day Debate, it makes it easier for me to get every question into that Q&A list. Also, Super Chat is an option, and that'll push your question to the top of the list. With that... Want to let you know, you guys, we are so excited. We really do hope you enjoy this debate. We're going to kick it off with Otangelo. And so, Otangelo, thanks so much for being here. The floor is all yours. Okay. Can everyone see the screen? I can. Yes. Okay. So, uh, has irreducible complexity been debunked? Uh, by irreducibly complex, Behe means a single system composed of several well-matched interacting parts 
that contribute to the basic function wherein the removal of any of one of the parts causes the system to effectively cease functioning. An irreducibly complex system cannot be produced directly, that is, by continuously improving the initial function, which continues to work by the same mechanism by slight successive modifications of a precursor system, because any precursor to an irreducibly complex system that is missing a part is by definition non-functional. An irreducibly complex biological system, if there is such a thing, would be a powerful challenge to Darwinian evolution. The, the cell is the irreducible minimal unit of life. And chem chemistry and the missing era of evolution, that book Graham Curran-Smith writes, uh, we can see that the time of the common ancestor, this system must already have been fixed in its essentials, probably through a critical interdependence of subsystems. Roughly speaking, in a domain in which everything has come to depend on everything else, nothing can be easily changed and our central biochemistry is very much like that. And Eugene Kuhnin wrote in the book, The Logic of Chance, breaking the evolution of the translation system in incremental steps, each associated with a biologically plausible selective advantage is extremely difficult even within a speculative scheme, let alone experimentally. All proteins that play essential roles in modern translation are product, products of a long and complex evolution of diverse protein domains. Here comes the catch 22. For all this protein evolution to occur, an accurate and efficient translation system is required. This primordial translation system might not need to be quite as good as the modern version, but it seems a safe bet that it must have been within an order of magnitude from the modern one in terms of fidelity and translation rates to make protein evolution possible. However, from all we know about the modern translation system, this level of precision is unimaginable without a complex dedicated protein apparatus. And chemist Wilhelm Hock, professor at Redbolt University, said a working cell is more than the sum of its parts. A functioning cell must be entirely correct at once in all its complexity. And Harold Morowitz in the science paper, Universality in Intermediary Metabolism uh, writes, the irreducible complexity of genetics first origin scenarios is high requiring joint emergence of catalysis, catalysis compartmentation, and heritability to make the minimal self-perpetuating structures. And Paul Davis asks in the book, The Origin of Life, acknowledging the interdependability of the component molecules, within a living organism immediately presents us with a stark philosophical puzzle. If everything needs everything else, 
how did the community of molecules ever arise in the first place? As most large molecules needed for life are product produced only by living organisms and are not found outside the cell, how did they come to exist originally without the help of a meddling scientist? And an article uh, in Scientific American in 2015 wrote, how structure arose in a primordial soup. About 4 billion years ago, molecules began to make copies of themselves, an event that marked the beginning of life on Earth. A few hundred million late, years later, primitive organisms began to split into the different branches that make up the tree of life. In between those seminal events, some of the greatest innovations in existence emerged. The cell, the genetic code, and an energy system to fool it all. All three of these essential to life as we know it, yet scientists know disappointingly little about how any of the, these remarkable biological innovations came about. And the science paper defining life in the universe from three privileged functions to four pillars published in 2020 writes a Venn diagram of the four pillars of life, sublife regions one to eight is any system that performs some but not all of the pillars while life region nine is any system that performs all four. My comment to this this is a nice illustration why life is irreducibly complex. And even in 1965, that problem was acknowledged. And the riddle seems to be how, when no life existed, did substances come into being, which today are absolutely essential to living systems, yet which can only be performed by those systems? It seems to be begging the question to suggest that the first protein molecules were formed by some more primitive non-protein living system, for it still remains to define and account for the origin of that system. And Robert Blankenship, professor of biochemistry, stated, the process of photosynthesis is a very complex set of interdependent metabolic pathways and how it could have evolved is a bit mysterious. So with that, I end my presentation. And um, I basically am providing just examples of mainstream science literature, which provides these examples. So I've not provided any from uh, intelligent design literature. And I think precisely because these examples come from mainstream science, um, basically irreducible complexity is already mainstream. It has not, it doesn't require yet to be confirmed. It has already been confirmed. And with that, I end my introduction. Thank you very much, Otangelo. We will kick it over to Dapper Dino. Thanks so much. The floor is all yours. Thank you very much, James. And I want to say a special thank you to Otangelo because this debate was, the challenge was issued about eight hours ago, so this is a very, very quick turnaround time. Um, and I also wanted to say thank you very much, uh, Tangelo, for actually giving what I think is a really great definition for irreducible complexity. Um, I had actually already prepared to give that exact definition, 
uh, that it is <clears throat> many, or at least several, integrated matching parts, such that if you take one part out, the system fails to perform the function that it was performing. Uh, and so the argument for irreducible complexity is fairly simple. It says these things can't evolve, although in Behe's book, he's very specific that they cannot evolve by subsequent uh, improvements in the efficiency of the given function, therefore they can't evolve, but that ignores that there are other options for evolution. But regardless, for this argument to work, we have to be able to say that no irreducibly complex mechanism can evolve. So all that's needed to defeat this argument is simply to show a single plausible uh, pathway for the evolution of any one. And we've done that many times. We actually have plausible pathways for the evolution of the bacterial flagellum, for the mammalian blood clotting cascade, the eye, all of which are mentioned in the original <clears throat> Behe's black box. But even more, we actually have observed instances of the evolution of irreducibly complex, sorry, irreducibly complex structures in biology. <clears throat> one example is that uh, the HIV group one, uh, sorry, HIV one group M viruses actually are able to infect human hosts only because of a novel, irreducibly complex protein that is um, <clears throat> VPU. See, VPU is a protein common to all um, SIV and HIV groups. The problem with most SIV viruses is that they cannot infect human cells because they have no way to deal with the extremely unusual human tethering. But uh, HIV-1 group M uses an irreducibly complex protein, which requires at least four mutations to all function. And any one missing means that it can no longer infect human hosts. So we have observed this. We've also are observing the evolution of placentas or well, analogs of a placenta in lizards and only in particular species in particular families that do not generally share this trait. So this is a novel trait that's coming about. So not only do we have irreducible, irreducibly complex organisms, or sorry, systems have plausible mechanisms, we have known examples. In also another one is the uh, citrate metabolism by E. coli in the Lenski experiment, the long-term Lenski experiment. These are all examples that defeat this argument. Now, Otangela likes to say in some of his other discussions that, oh, well, if we can say it can evolve and it wasn't irreducibly complex, there's a problem here. If we can identify something as irreducibly complex under the definition that Otangelo gave and that I agree to, but you say anything that meets that definition that can evolve no longer meets the definition, that's just a no true Scotsman fallacy. It's not falsifiable, it's not science. So if we want to make that argument, then irreducible complexity becomes literally a nothing. There's nothing to it. It's just a fallacy. And if we try to make the argument the stronger argument, anything irreducibly complex cannot evolve, and we don't get to come back and say, well, it wasn't irreducibly complex, even though it meets the definition. If we want to take the stronger one, then it's already falsified. And really, that's all I have for my opening. It fails. Thank you very much, Dapper Dino. We will now kick it into open discussion mode. Gentlemen, thanks so much, and the floor is all yours. Okay, I think the greater question is if... Uh, biocomplexity and biodiversity and the origin of life and basically all uh, kind of uh, origins 
can be better explained by an intelligent designer or by natural mechanisms. That is actually the overarching issue here, which we try to elucidate. And uh, of course, there are two opposing camps here. On the one side, there is the uh, intelligent design theorist, uh, which claims that what we see in the natural world is better explained by an intelligent agency, which uh, created everything. And on the other side are materialists with, which, uh, who think that everything can be better explained by natural mechanisms. Now, I, I think that basically in, in all the range, starting from the origin of life to biodiversity, we see irreducible complex systems, not only in the few examples that have been uh, provided by the intelligence design community, but I have brought forward many, many more examples of this. And I think that contrary is the case. There can be uh, uh, systems which have shown and can evolve, but there are systems which, which has not been demonstrated that they can evolve. And uh, that is in my understanding, a good argument for intelligent design. And okay. I think- Can that, I address uh, some of that? Yeah. Okay, sorry, I, I, don't, I don't mean to interrupt, but I think that uh, if I keep going much longer, I'll forget some of the things you said and I wanna make sure I remember everything. Okay, so I think my first point is, uh, this is not an argument between um, a materialist and non-materialists. Most, I, I'm not gonna actually go with this head and say most, a large portion of scientists are not philosophical naturalists or materialists. So I, I do not like it when that is how this argument is framed. Uh, second, <clears throat> we have to address the fact that you have not put forth a model that can make predictions or given a mechanism for how design works. So right now, it's not that it's better at explaining biodiversity or the origin of life. It's literally explaining nothing until there's a model. You have to have okay. a model before an explanation. You don't have okay. one. And further, this isn't just about intelligent design in general. It's about irreducible complexity. Irreducible complexity has been falsified as a problem for evolution. We can observe irreducibly complex things evolving in the real world in real biological systems. Okay. I think that I'm as, I'm as, as a machine designer, I know, for example, that if I want to make um, as a machine or a factory for a specific purpose, I need to have foresight and I need to know how to do things in order to reach a specific goal. And the distinction between systems in biology and things which are not biological like rocks, for example, is that when a biologist looks into uh, biochemistry in the, uh, biology and so forth and sees a protein, for example, the first thing that he asks is what is the purpose of that protein? What is the purpose of that system? And then uh, he will find the purpose why that it is there. Now, in regards of your criticism that intelligent design ha has no model, I have responded to that and said that we know by experience, we do not need a model because we know already that intelligence can make complex machines, factories, computers, transistors, turbines, energy plants, all things which, say, which we see analogously in the living. So we know that intelligence is capable to bring forward all these systems through its intelligence. Now, we do not have an example where unguided random mechanisms 
for example, can bring forward cell factories, which are in a literal sense, chemical factories, uh, which uh, have internally uh, myriads of proteins and, and so forth. And they, they are directed and made through genetic and epigenetic information. So we have a parallel here. An intelligent designer, he goes to the drawing table, he designs something, that design, which is an instruction and assembly manual goes to the factory and there the factory workers, they take these instructions and make the machines and the factories okay. and assembly lines. And that's can what I, we see in the cell as well. Where the can, I, can I jump in here for a second? Yeah. I'm sorry, it's just that I, I feel like there's very rarely a, a natural pause where I feel like I can insert myself. So I feel like I'm kind of being forced to ask, to interrupt a little bit. Um, so the reason that we have a mechanism for man-made objects, we have a model. It's because we can watch them being built by intelligent agents. I don't have to theorize about it. I can literally go to a factory. We don't have such an option for an intelligence designing life forms in the distant past. In order to say that it's even possible that that happened, we need to have a physical mechanism by which the design occurs. Second, saying that looking at a protein and wondering about how it could become to be that way without being designed is simply an argument from incredulity. It seems, it seems like it can't happen to you, therefore you conclude it happens, is not a valid scientific inference. Science doesn't operate that way. Science has to find out how things occurred and it has to have a mechanism, not for an analogous uh, instance, but for that particular instance. So okay, instance, I think we need to make a distinction here, uh, first of all, uh, uh, there is operational science where I agree that methodological uh, uh, naturalism is applied, where only natural causes are accepted as possible explanation of the feat in question, of, for example, how a protein works. But when we are asking issues about origins that are entirely different questions in regards how things came to be. And there we need to put all possible explanations on the table. Nobody was there. Uh, either it was, if it was 6,000 years ago, or 4 billion years ago, nobody has been there to see what actually happened, how life came to be. So all what, what we can do is abductive reasoning to the best explanation. And while in modern science excludes intelligent design a priori, I think this is arbitrary and not justified. We need to put all possible causes on the table and then find adequate explanations and answers. And uh, I think that's why in historical sciences, intelligent design should be uh, also considered in as much as evolution or uh, chance or chemical evolution or whatever uh, people want to suggest. Okay, that but, today Angela, is not being done. And I Angela, think this is a wrong um, philosophical I, scientific I, framework. Okay. There's reasons. Uh, intelligent design isn't being excluded from science because of philosophy. It's being excluded from science because it fails to make novel predictions that have, in fact, be, you know, been demonstrated to be accurate and because major aspects of the ideas of intelligent design like irreducible complexity have already been falsified you're well, sitting in a burning house and saying this is fine why won't anyone come over for dinner 
The whole but thing I, has already collapsed in on itself, like a dying that star. Is, that is it's just done. That, that is just an assertion, a void assertion in my understanding, no. Dapper. Uh, you, your, all, your biggest let, argument no, for no, irreducible no, complexity no, has no, already let been... Me that. No, let okay, me answer ahead. that, Sorry. please. First of all, the origin of life has not been explained. It is a failed venture in science. This is a debate years, about the, uh, in yeah, the yeah, creation of life. Was, I will come Otangelo, to that. I will come to that. Pardon my interruption, Otangelo. The, 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 wanna... the cell is irreducibly complex. And irreducibly complex. So, one second, one second, one second. Pardon my interruption. Uh, what I want to do is, I was on mute on, on Zoom yet. Sorry about that. So, oh, sorry about what that. I'd like to do is, Otangelo, like if there's a rep if there was a accidental misrepresentation that Dapper had done, that works. But otherwise, I, I do want to give him more time uh, just because you have had a, probably a greater proportion of the time so far. Okay. okay. So first, this is not a debate about abiogenesis. This is, is, irreducibly, is irreducible complexity a problem for evolution? Now, I will grant you that abiogenesis is one of the big open questions in biology. There's progress that's being made on various fronts, but I think we're probably quite a ways away from anything that could be reasonably called a theory regarding uh, abiogenesis. However, irreducibly complex things can evolve. You could, I, I will tell you what, I will say that literally every single aspect of any biological organism right down to the atom is irreducibly complex. It doesn't matter because irreducible complexity isn't a barrier for evolution because we have known instances of the evolution of irreducibly complex systems, and we have plausible pathways for many. In fact, we have known pathways for some other ones that happened in the past. It is a literal nothing for evolution. It's no more problem for evolution than the color red is. It is irrelevant. It has been falsified over and over. It is currently being falsified. You have to address why that is. Well, I think that the uh, the the the, the concept of irreducible complexity does not only apply to uh, uh, defeat evolution, but it is also uh, uh, an issue in regards of the origin of the first living cell, which in my understanding is a prime example of irreducible complexity, because we know that a minimal amount of parts are required as I put forward in my introduction, in order actually to kickstart life. And if there is just one single protein, for example, like ATP synthase or uh, topoisomerase or any other protein which is essential is not there, then you cannot kickstart life. And that is a huge problem for naturalism and for those which propose natural mechanisms, including chemical evolution. Okay, so you must know which proteins are essential for the first life. Which ones are they? I just gave you two examples. Well, how do you uh, know ATP synthase is essential for the first life? How do you know the first life even used ATP? We don't know. You can, you can read the relevant science papers. And I that's the thing. Otangelo, I go we don't... With what, what science papers actually say on the subject. And if you don't have enough energy and ATP, you cannot start life. But the problem is that we know of non-living systems that use metabolisms that don't need ATP. Well, there are, are non-living metabolizers in the real world right now that don't use ATP. Therefore, it holds open the possibility that the first, the first reproducing metabolizers with a genetic code also didn't need ATP. They surely would have been very inefficient compared to modern life, but we're talking about the first life. We don't know that the first life used ATP, and until we know that, 
completing the ATP synthase is irreducibly complex, doesn't matter because it very well could have evolved after the first life. And since irreducibly complex things can evolve, and this is a debate about evolution, why is it that you're still using irreducibly com irreducible complexity as a problem for common descent, not abiogenesis, common descent? Why is it a problem for common descent? Irreducible complexity is a problem for explaining the origin of biodiversity and the origin of life. Okay, and it's been falsified in regards to biodiversity. Why is it a problem? Explain it to me. Because you're basically saying this thing that we already know doesn't pose a problem to biological evolution is a problem to biological evolution. There can be systems uh, that which evolve, and that, that is something which I have never uh, questioned. And there is absolutely no dispute in regards that evolution to a certain uh, degree uh, is observed, actually. So okay. there is no problem with in regards of that. But I can give you examples where science is absolutely in the dark and has no clue how a biological system could have evolved, like photosynthesis, for example, which uses the oxygen evolving complex. And that system, there have been made uh, uh, knockout experiments to see if uh, uh, one or the other protein could be removed and the system still would work. And they have investigated this and seen that any of the four proteins and the cofactor, the metal factor in the center, if it is removed from the system, then the system becomes uh, non-functional. And these proteins, they do not have any other function in any other biological systems as far as we know. And in special, the metal center, which is very, very specific in that reaction. And that metal center, if it is removed, then the, the, the function, oxygen evolving uh, complex, it, it breaks down. So this okay. is, in my understanding, a prime example of irreducible complexity. And now let's even suppose that that system would be functional and come to work. If there is not all the other 25 extremely complex protein parts in photosynthesis, then this system has no function. So why would evolution produce such a complex oxygen evolving complex if there wouldn't be all the other proteins also required in order to have photosynthesis and in the end glucose? Okay, so the evolution of the photosynthetic capabilities of the archaeans that eventually became chloroplasts is in fact a very much open question in uh, biochemistry and evolutionary biology as far as I know. I don't dispute that. I also don't dispute that it's irreducibly complex, but it doesn't matter. Irreducible oh, complexity is not a barrier to evolution because we have examples, and I've given several, such as the evolution of placentas, which are irreducibly complex in lizards, the irreducibly complex, uh, uh, sorry, um, VPU protein and HIV one group M viruses. We've got just the eye. We've got the bacterial flagellum. All of these are irreducibly complex. They all are known to be evolvable and to be evolving in some cases. So well, the, the fact that the there's currently, is, let, 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 real quick, mm -hmm. the fact that there's currently an open question in evolutionary biology is not a problem for evolutionary biology as a field. It just means that it has not answered every possible question, which is true in every field of science. There are open questions in universal, universal gravitation. That doesn't make gravity wrong. So you saying we don't know this doesn't mean therefore evolution fails. It just means we don't know this. You don't get to insert an intelligent designer into any unknown and complicated thing. 
there are there is a prediction from uh, irreducible complexity. It says if something is irreducibly complex, which all of the things I just listed are, it cannot evolve. We know they can and are evolving. Therefore, the initial premise of irreducible, irreducible complexity as an argument against evolution fails completely. There is no hope for it. Well, I think that either a system is irreducibly complex and then it cannot be the product of evolution or it evolves and then it is not irreducibly complex. You cannot have it both. And so, I've just given I've just given you one example in regards of the oxygen evolving complex, but I have listed many, many different systems where the same situation occurs. So there is a scheme here. There is not just one single example which we eventually will find a solution for that. But there is many, there are many other systems where we know they only work if there is a joint venture of different systems working together in order to have a, a specific feature. Okay, so Otangelo, let's just say hypothetically that we'll do the photosynthesis one. I, li I like photosynthesis. It's it's baroque and insane, so I love it. Let's say that we found an extremely good mechanism by which it can evolve from pre-existing systems. Boom, we know it can exist. Does that mean it was never irreducibly complex? Uh, it means that it can evolve and that the argument uh, has been uh, falsified. Well, that's already happened with other irreducibly complex systems. That doesn't matter. That is not the problem. Why doesn't God that matter? Can, well, God can have used uh, uh, systems uh, fully formed right from the beginning uh, okay. in order to start and other systems like we know that uh, life for example for instance requires to be able to adapt to the environment and requires to to uh, evolve up to a certain point this okay, is so, so some even... irreducibly complex systems can evolve and some can't is that what you're saying no i am saying that there are irreducibly complex systems which cannot be explained through evolution and which are not the product of evolution. And there are systems which have been built on the go in order to be able to evolve and to adapt to the environment. Okay. Is HIV group M VPU tethering antagonism function irreducibly complex? It requires four specific components added on or well, out of the protein, any one of which if missing, means that the virus can no longer antagonize Homo sapiens tethering, which is a, a molecule in the um, immune system, and therefore the infection fails. Is it irreducibly complex? Well, I've not studied that case, so I can It meets the definition. It has four that. well, it has four interacting well, parts, it, any one of which can, can be knocked out, and the function ceases. If it can evolve, then it's by definition not irreducibly complex. Even though it meets the definition that you gave. I don't think that uh, uh, the, the example which you are... Uh, okay, we'll go to uh, an easier giving. one, the eye. Is the eye irreducibly complex? Yes. But we know it can evolve. Well, the thing is... Um, okay, let me ask you, what evolved first? Obscene or retinol? I don't know off the top of my head. Okay, so... Site begins with rhodopsine, which is the central play player in vision, and all uh, uh, visual systems require rhodopsines in order to have eyesight. 
And the rhodopsin is constituted by two parts, by a seven transmembrane protein, which is opsin. Okay, Angela, then, now we're going on to the biochemistry of this particular molecule. I want, to, I want you to answer the question about the eye. We know the eye can evolve, and you just said it met the definition for complexity, and I agree. If you take any one particular part of the eye and remove it, if you take the retina out, it doesn't work. If you take the optic nerve out, it doesn't work. If you take out the lens, it doesn't work. If you take out the iris, well, okay, maybe we don't have to include the iris because it could probably kind of work. But yeah, if you take any of these things out, it doesn't work. And they are well-matched and fit together very neatly. It meets the definition of irreducible complexity, but we know it can evolve. So either one of two things are happening. You're wrong about what things are irreducibly complex because you cannot stick to your definition, or you're adding a new exception to your definition, but your new exception says, well, if it can evolve, then it's not irreducibly complex. But the problem is that exception makes your argument fallacious. It means you're just using the no true Scotsman fallacy. You're saying, oh, well, you know, it is irreducibly complex, except, well, since it can evolve, well, it's obviously not really irreducibly complex. Okay, first of all, the argument says that what we are talking about is the basic function. So once you have a basic function, eventually it can further complexify. That is not the problem. But in order to have the basic function of eyesight, you need rhodopsin. And rhodopsin is by all means irreducibly complex because it is- But I am talking now about the central player of sight, which is rhodopsin. And if rhodopsin cannot evolve, then my point stands because it is the central player. If you don't have but, rhodopsin, you don't have any other visual system. But rhodopsin, rhodopsin isn't only used in sight. That's a new, that, it is also used in other photosensitive activities on other cells in other organisms. Well, the thing is- I do that happen you, to know that. Well, the thing is that rhodopsin uses two very well-matched and precise parts which is the opsin protein and the retinal. And if they are not fitting precisely, then the mechanism of uh, the photon hitting the retinal and then triggering the, the signal transduction pathway, it cannot happen. So this is a well-matched and very precise system. And uh, you cannot say, oh, I will just uh, co-opt uh, uh, retinal from somewhere else. And but then retinol... somehow maybe it will, it, it will fit. And but then retinol somehow is a, is a commonly it will start existing chemical. Why can't you that's, co-opt it? That's, that's not how it works because in order to co-opt something, it is like, for, I give you an example. If you have an engine and you have there a, 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 a cylinder with a piston and the piston um, uh, uh, fails, if you, if you co-opt another cylinder, it has to have the right size, the right, it has to be available near, near around. You have to have the mechanisms to fit it into the cylinder. You need a, a whole lot of steps which uh, you have to account for, and that requires a lot of information. And in okay. regards to Frodo's- uh, I'm not disagreeing with any of this, right? So we, can't, we cannot spend the entire night describing in detail all of the aspects of a particular molecule because we won't get anywhere. That's why I'm trying to, to stop it from becoming that. Here's the thing. Every time I provide you with something that meets your definition for irreducible complexity that you gave, and I think I have it here, so I'm going to reread it because I think maybe it's time that we reestablish what our definition is. Okay. Um, this is from Behe, and you basically read it word for word in your opening. 
A single system, which is necessarily composed of several well-matched interacting parts that contribute to the basic function, wherein the removal of any one part causes the system to effectively cease functioning. That was your definition. Okay. We know of systems that meet that exact definition that we have seen evolve during human history. Therefore, no matter how complicated the example you give me, no matter how crazy and specified it is, that fact alone is unimportant because we have examples. You have to be able to explain why it is that your definition fails to preclude things evolving and saying, ah, but what about this other thing that maybe we haven't figured out yet doesn't help your case. You could sit here for the rest of eternity until the last black hole evaporates, listing off complicated things that in 2021 haven't been explained by biological evolution, and at no point would it help your case because your case has already failed, and the only attempt that I'm seeing to rescue it is just the no true Scotsman fallacy applied to biology. Well, I can turn it around 100% to you, Depper, and say that as long as there are irreducible complex systems, that is indication that there has to be an intelligent design which brought No, forward. because they've already been observed evolving without intelligent design. Well, so I, gave you the, I, gave you, I gave you rhodopsin, I gave you the... Right, the, but that's what I'm saying. No, no number of you giving the, the, me currently the, the, open questions no, means I'm that the questions giving, that are already no, not open, I am not, that have falsified... Sorry, I'm Depper. I'm not giving you simply open questions. That of course you are. Go, that would be a god of the gaps argument. That's, that's what this not, argument is. That's not what I am making. What I said previously is this, and this is a positive case. Whenever we see someone making a blueprint or creating that's just an argument from analogy finish, it doesn't can count. I, can, no, no, no. Can I finish, please? I would love if you finished an argument that actually addressed the question. It will let's, address let's the question. Yeah, I'll let you finish. Go ahead. Okay. So what you, you have in life, basically in all life, always an interdependency from information which directs the making and, the, and controls biological systems. And that starts with the first life forms where you need the genome and then you need the machines which uh, 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 are made through the genome and both that that is an analogy to what we make in life where we have blueprints which direct the making of machines and factories and control these factories through information that's what we see also in life where the genome and epigenetic information controls the making of molecular machines or proteins constructs all parts which are required for life the basic building blocks of life and if any of this is missing, you have no life. This is an irreducibly complex system and kills any materialistic uh, supposition and scenario. So we are not here cornered in a small corner that basically uh, uh, evolutionary uh, uh, claims which try to exclude an intelligent designer. These claims have failed. And okay. abiogenesis is a prime example of that. No one is excluding, or at least I'm not excluding an intelligent designer tonight. I suppose there are probably some people who are, but here's what I want to point out. Your answer to my question was one, an analogy to human-made objects, which we already know is not a good analogy for biology in most cases. Why not? 
because we observe biological organisms and systems evolving in real time without a guider. So we know that that can happen. Your other response was to change the topic to abiogenesis. If you want to have an abiogenesis debate, by all means, set one up. I might well, even as be I, well, as I said previously, it. the problem of irreducible complexity is much broader than just in regards of evolution. It also is in regards of chemical evolution and the origin of life. But then I why gave did you, you agree already, to a debate gave, titled I "Is irreducible, you, irreducible complexity I, a problem for evolution?" I gave you a, a, an example of the oxygen evolving complex, which is irreducible. I can give you many other examples in our Attentual. last debate with, with no Dan, number of. Examples fixes the problem that observed instances of the evolution of irreducible complex, irreducibly complex systems falsifies the thesis. The thesis is irreducibly complex systems cannot evolve. Therefore, when they are found, that is evidence against evolution. We have watched irreducibly complex systems evolve where they did not exist before. Therefore, the prediction is falsified. No number of currently not well-explained un- well systems can fix that problem. This is, is what no falsification problem. is. There is no problem, Depper. As I told you before... What would falsify your complexity as a problem? The, what would do falsif- it? Falsify, uh, the, or, uh, demonstrate how the oxygen-evolving complex could have evolved. Falsify so if we explain the, that one, would that, would that falsify it? Just that one. It would fa- falsify just that one. I mean, that's okay. The so same we have thing. to. So what you're that's asking the same me is thing with evolution. Attention. You what you're to, saying I mean, is you're right unless I'm God. Unless I'm omniscient, you're just going to claim that you're right because somewhere out there, there might be an unexplained system that aha, that's the one. So the only way for me to say that according to you, irreducible complexity has been falsified, is for me to be literally omniscient. That's not how science works. Okay, let me give you an example. No, um, I don't want you to give me an example. Well, well, I want you to, to explain give him a your logic. To talk, Dapper. Like we do. Let's Fair enough. your example, Fair enough. and then we'll give you a chance to respond to his example. Dapper. I can tell you my response is going to be to repeat this. That no number of examples will help. But please give your example. Well, I mean, if no example will help because you think that one example has been falsified and that solves that's the all riddles, it takes. then, then that's you how can... falsification works. <laughs> well, I mean. There are so many instances where evolution has been falsified and it's still the do- dominant explanation of biodiversity on Earth. And I mean, uh, uh, it's not how it works. I mean, uh, just because you think that one system has been, uh, which was claimed irreducible, uh, has been demonstrated to evolve that in that regard, that because of that, all uh, the entire concept of irreducible complexity has been falsified. That's something which I, I, I think this is preposterous. I don't agree with that. Okay. I don't know how that was a response. I, if you think that biological evolution has been falsified, I encourage you to write that up in a paper and submit it as widely as you can. I will help you with that if, you know, if it's actually some good quality scholarship. I am not aware of any instance in which biological well, evolution has been falsified. I can already give you science papers which have demonstrated uh, uh, what I am claiming. We can uh, show that uh, after our debate here. I can give you a series of well, papers I, uh, which have shown that. That that would be very interesting, and I, I would very much like for you to send those to me. But um, as far as I'm aware, there has literally never been a falsification of evolutionary theory itself, which is why okay. it remains a theory. But the fact is, 
your claim for what would falsify irreducible complexity requires me to be God. I reject any no. claim. Oh, no. Oh, it doesn't? No, it's not necessary. How would I falsify then? You said I had to falsify every single example. No, no, it's not, not necessary. How many do but, I have to falsify? Five more? But I tried to make you an example in order for you to understand where the problem relies, but I was cut off. So I can make maybe now the case. And I give you an analogy here. Um, if you have a photovoltaic system, a system composed of five main parts in order I, to I didn't hear your first energy. word. Could you start over? I'm sorry. I just didn't hear it. Okay. Let's suppose you have a photovoltaic system composed okay, of five parts and in order to store energy and all these five parts are required. Now, the first part are solar panels. But in order to make solar panels, there are very complex factories required to make these solar panels. Now, an engineer, would he just make a factory for solar panels and completely dismiss the other parts essential and required uh, uh, to have the photovoltaic system in order to store energy? Or would he, uh, would he engineer and uh, project an entire system in order to have the end goal uh, 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 achieved, which is to store energy? Would it make sense just to make a factory for solar panels, which by themselves would have absolutely no use? Is that a question that you want me to answer? Yes. Okay. Sorry, I just wasn't sure if it was rhetorical because I'm bad at rhetorical questions. Um, so, uh, no, I don't think it would make sense, but we don't have okay. a demonstrated designer okay. for okay. life. Okay, okay, so let so me make it's an a analogy. disanalogy. So, uh, no, let me make the analogy now to photosynthesis. In order to have chlorophyll B, which is the anal analogous mechanism of solar panels, which captures the, 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 the photons, you read a, a biosynthesis pathway of 17 proteins, which have to work in a production line fashion in order to make chlorophyll B. Now, the problem here, Depper, is that seven or eight of the proteins, they are exclusively used in, in uh, chlorophyll B biosynthesis. They are not used in any other biological system known. Okay. So why would evolution produce a biosynthesis pathway to make chlorophyll B if just that would be there then and not the other parts which are required to make glucose through photosynthesis? These, these, these uh, uh, chlorophylls, they would just lay around maybe and have no function. Now, the worst thing is if the pathway would stop that there are 17 steps, if it would be incorporated in a leaf, in a, in a chloroplast or in a cyanobacteria, and the, the, the synthesis pathway would have just gone to the uh, 15th step, let's say, and the last two proteins, they would not be there. The product would be toxic to the cell and the cell would, would die because these proteins, they generate uh, 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 destructive oxygen species, uh, ROS, and that of course kills uh, your proposition. Okay. I accept all of this. Explain that. Can we can we pause on the the long explanation of this? I accept all of the things that you said. Is, it, is that good? Okay. Okay. So you are claiming that the photosynthesis system of um, is irreducibly complex. Yeah. That that's right. Okay. And by that, do you mean it is a single system which is necessarily composed of several well matched interacting parts that contribute to the basic function? Okay, and because it meets that definition, it cannot evolve. Correct. Okay, does the placenta also meet this definition? 
Well, the placenta can have been created by an intelligent designer to evolve. Sure, it can. Oh, so it can have been created to evolve. What does that mean? Well, as I said to you, I think life requires to be able to adapt to the environment and to evolve. So the creator, the intelligent designer, he must have created life already inbuilt with the capacity for biological systems to adapt and to evolve. So God can be assigned to make irreducible complex systems, which have to start already fully set up and complex, and other systems with the capability to adapt and to evolve. Now, in regards of evolution, if you have some systems which eventually can evolve, but others which can't evolve, you have destroyed your entire framework. And, How do we tell which are which? I just gave you an example with photosynthesis. I okay, think an example isn't others. an example is great, but it's not an actual model that tells me how to predict which things can and can't evolve. I already, explain, I already explained you that we know by experience that intelligence can conceptualize and instantiate and make irreducible complex machines and factories and computers and whatever yep, you I've want. already agreed. We do not know about natural, unguided, non-intelligent mechanisms capable of instantiating these systems. So we have okay, an but what's the answer to my for... question? Okay. How do we know which things that are a single system which necessarily which is necessarily composed of several well-matched interacting parts that contribute to the basic function, which of them are evolvable and which aren't? How do we know? Hmm. We can attest it. We can make the experience the the, the, the tests and, uh, and okay. so forth. That's what, what it stands what for. Initial predictions can you make how do you what is the actual theory behind this that lets you say before i go in and test i suspect system a cannot evolve and system b can even though they are both a single systems which necessarily are composed of several well-matched interacting parts that contribute to the basic function how do you tell before you test it which one is likely because unless you can do that you don't have a mechanism to actually test the theory or hypothesis. We, we, we can make knockout experiments. They have done this with the oxygen. How do you complex. make the prediction before have, the experiment? Well, you can just say, uh, we don't think that this system can evolve. And then you can uh, also uh, make, make these knockout experiments, remove one of the proteins in the system and then check if it still is functional in, in, uh, with, with less parts. But potentially what you're describing is still unfalsifiable because you have no mechanism to start with that says, if this system that I predict can't evolve, in fact can, then my initial hypothesis is false. How do we do that? Because apparently simply falsifying the basic strong version of this, that any irreducibly complex system that meets that definition, if it ever evolves, then the whole thing falls apart. That's already happened. So now you need to back up and you need to find either you need to abandon irreducible, irreducible complexity or you need to find a subset of irreducible complex, irreducibly complex structures that you think can evolve before you test them and tell me why you think they can evolve. Okay, first of all, Depper, I'm not buying your claim 
unless I uh, investigate by myself what you are saying, and then I will tell you, okay, what you are claiming is true, or I don't, I'm not convinced. I think what you are claiming is not true. We can do that after this debate. You can send me the papers. I will take my time and look it through, and then I will tell you, okay, this has, is really a system which. Uh, has evolved gradually, even if a, a subsystem or an a incomplete system has functioned or something like that. Okay. So you've now, never looked into like the bacterial flagellum or the mammal blood clotting cascade well, or well, the I eye? Think that, I think that the claim that the bacterial flagell flagellum can evolve, that has not been substantiated. Also, they have made knockout experiments and they have shown that if you remove one of the parts of the proteins, there are 36 proteins. And I can show you uh, science papers. I've made this investigation. Each single of these proteins, these science papers say it is necessary in the system. Right. But we still have, and you saying that the scientific papers that you know have actually been published about, say, the the evolution of bacterial flagellum, which is one of Behe's poster child children for irreducible complexity. You know that these papers exist. You just, what, you just throw them out? But what I am saying to you is following that part, that I have investigated each single protein of the flagellum and each single one, these papers, they say it is necessary in the system. And right. knockout experiments have demonstrated that if you remove just one of these 36 proteins, I think it was... Uh, Matske or so uh, back then when the, at the Dover trial, and I can show you also that, um, and it it has become non-functional. So uh, that meets the definition of irreducible complexity. And I don't think that someone has shown how the flagellum can be the product of evolution. Oh, sorry, I had I had muted myself for a second there. Sorry about that. Um, okay, so. But you were aware that there are, in fact, numerous papers about the evolution of the flagellum. Do you just don't, are they just all wrong? Have you read any of those? Well, well I've read them. I mean, uh, uh, there are tons of uh, evolutionary papers which make claims, but, but which are not substantiated. They say, oh, probably, oh, we think, oh, we guess, oh, we suppose. Yeah, that's the uh, language and, of science. Oh, yeah, but that is not a substantiation. That is just a claim. That has to be demonstrated, and that has not been done. <laughs> but actually, for the uh, irreducible complexity argument, that doesn't actually have to be demonstrated. All that has to be done is for there to be a plausible pathway for the evolution of the mechanism, and it's already gone, because the claim isn't that irreducibly complex uh, structures don't exist. So it's you have just shot in your own foot because you have just confessed that nobody has demonstrated that an irreducibly complex system actually Actually, no, we've watched them evolve in real time. Okay, as I said to you, give me the papers, I will look them up, and then I will tell you what I, I mean, think about I literally, them. just look up the Lenski experiment and read the papers about citrate uh, metabolism in E. coli. That's it. Well, That's all you have know, to do. Well, we know that these genes, they were already there. They were just not uh, expressed, and that is not uh, an irreducible complex system. All, all genetic mutations are based on genes that are already there. That's like, that's like saying that meteorology is dumb because the air already existed before the storm started. That doesn't if it was already there. <laughs> of course, was... the genetic material was already there. No one is claiming that there was a miracle where new genes appeared from literal nothing. Evolution is about mutation and change in allele frequency over time. So, Dapper, let me ask you something. Um, a minimal protein has about 
the, the smallest one has about 120 amino acids. The smallest modern or, protein? Or, or, or ribozymes, let's say 124 uh, uh, RNA-ASE has about 124 RNAs, okay? If you remove just one... Wait, hold on. Now, now I'm confused. Are we talking about RNA um, Yes, we can put... Yeah, we can, are we talking about proteins? What are we talking about here? We can, yeah, we can use we can use as an example proteins or ribozymes, whatever. Let's take proteins. Yeah, well, let's suppose pick, pick that one. let's suppose that the smallest protein has about one hundred amino acids. Okay, I disagree. No, the smallest modern might. I give you just an example. Okay, okay. if you have less than a hundred amino acids, then does it still have function? I don't know. This is a hypothetical made-up experiment. Yes. I don't yes, know how to answer the question. I mean, I mean, in order to have a functional protein, you need a minimal number of amino acids. Do you agree? Um, actually, well, in order to be a protein, you need to have polypeptide chains. You need to have at least a few amino acids. So, yeah, I would say that there, in order to be a functional protein, you do need at least more than probably four or five. But I don't know what the actual minimal number is. Okay, that is an irreducible complex system. Okay, but polypeptide chains that we don't call proteins only because they're non-biotic form naturally. What I am saying, you know, in order a system to be irreducible, uh, uh, it has to, to, to it has to preserve the minimal function. So okay. you have the a protein which has a function, and yeah. in order uh, uh, in order to to be able to evolve. It has to have function starting from 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 a smaller set of, of units. But so, you haven't told me why it is that only large enough proteins that are unlikely to arise naturally without any actual biotic. Um, well, so I said I would, should back up and say why peptide chains that cannot are not small enough to be reasonably randomly assembled from the actual catalysis of protein synthesis by RNA itself, which can happen, why is it that that number is not low enough that that is a reasonable now option? You just, now you just How made do you know? Answer. You did, did make just an unsubstantiated claim, Dapper. No, no, um, your claim is know, unsubstantiated. You're saying that the big, the smaller, smallest protein has to have 120 amino acids. How do you know? Why, why can't it be 10? Because there isn't one now. That doesn't mean there can't be one. Well, we can go down to one. Uh, does one amino acid make a functional protein, an ATP well, synthase, for no, example? No, by definition, proteins have to be uh, chains of amino acids. So by definition, yes. no amino acid okay, is Okay, so so do you do you have an ATP synthase with two amino acids? Well, now we're back to do does life require ATP synthase because metabolism doesn't. So I don't see okay, why life take, does. Okay, take, take rhodopsine. No modern protein that I know of is something that I would be comfortable saying would be required for the first life. So I'm not going to take any currently existing protein well, I because just, I don't I know that any moved, of them are required. I just moved to a protein which is not required in the origin of life, like rhodopsine. And I'm asking you, opsine is a seven transmembrane protein and science has no clue how it evolved. But I can give you the science paper in Nature which confesses Okay, eyesight, so, and, so now we're eyesight, eyesight and vision is not explained. It, the problem is still there since Darwin's time, how eyesight emerged, because even the, trend, the seven transmembranes, they are irreducible. If you remove just one of the, of the transmembranes, then you cannot have a functional rhodopsine and eyesight. Your argument from incredulity 
doesn't mean anything. No, that's not from incredulity, Dapper. That is from experience. And at knockout experience, they demonstrate that a, a system cannot work. And also in regards of, of proteins, we know there has to be a minimal sized uh, uh, a protein with a minimal number of amino acids in order for you to reach the threshold where a protein becomes functional. That is very how, obvious. How do we know that? For, well, for actually, there's a few things, because you, you brought up a few, a few things. One is, by pointing to these things where knockouts make them non-functional, that doesn't matter, because when you do a knockout on, say, um, HIV-1 uh, group M VPU, it ceases to antagonize the human tethering. But we know it evolved because we watched it happen. So great. Who cares? You're... The problem that you're having here is that we have watched in real time things that meet the definition. And I know I keep going back to this, but it's because it is the one thing that matters. Yeah, things just one example, which I don't know about, but which I told you. I'm more than happy to 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 do to, to I know you've paper. known about this problem no, for at least a few months this. because I know you watch creation myths, and that video has been up on creation myths for a long time. I've, I've looked into watched. it. I've not watched it. Were you not told about it today in live chat? I've not yet had the time to, to okay. read the paper. I mean, I, I guess I can't tell you that I disagree. I mean, sure, maybe you didn't have the time. But it is curious to me that there are papers out there which, if true, completely falsify irreducible complexity as an argument against biological evolution and you haven't looked into them? Well, I mean, I, I have so many uh, examples where I know that a system requires several several parts which by themselves have no function. That, I'm sure uh, you have 18 billion examples. It doesn't matter because matter. the prediction is this thing can't evolve, which means anytime anyone makes the claim this thing has evolved and we know it, that falsifies all 18 billion as potential problems for that reason. They might be problems for other reasons, don't get me wrong. Maybe there's something about photosynthesis or one of your other 18 billion examples that is a problem for evolution, but it's not that it's irreducibly complex because okay. we already know that's not a problem. And in okay. order to say that it is, you're going to have to address the papers in which irreducibly complex systems either have been shown to be plausibly evolvable or to have evolved in real time in human history as we've been watching them because okay, both of those me, things have happened let me give you an example if i give you tw 20 examples which i predict they are irreducible and they cannot be the product of evolution and you demonstrate me one of these can actually be the product of evolution does that falsify the claim altogether if the system is in fact irreducibly complex by the definition that we've been using then yes so you think that the other 19, which have not been shown to be evolvable, uh, uh, that, that doesn't count anymore? It doesn't count in terms of irreducible complexity. It makes irreducible complexity Why? falsifies, because that's how falsification works. If I well, say, the point, well, if I, that, that well, hold on, you asked me why, I need to be able to say. Okay. If I say all swans are white, it only takes one black swan to falsify the statement. That's how falsification works. Okay. The, the, the crux of the issue here, Dapper, is not falsification. Once it's falsified, we are all happy. That is not the crux of the issue. And that's why I came up right in the beginning with the greater question here, which is, 
can biological complexity in general be explained by unguided natural mechanisms or is an intelligent design required? That but is the biggest That's not question. the title of this debate. I know, I know, but I mean, if you want that, I'm telling you, um, you won because you have showed one example of a system which can evolve and is therefore not irreducible complex. No, no, no. it and is it irreducibly been... complex. Okay. You have to show it's not irreducibly complex by some other means than saying, well, it evolved, therefore. Because at that point, your definition for irreducible complexity isn't what we said before. It's not even what you said. It's instead of a single system which blah, 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 you're saying it's a single system which is necessarily composed of several well-matched parts interacting parts, sorry, well-matched interacting parts, which contribute to a basic function, unless they happen to have evolved that way. Once no, you add not, that little bit in... That's not that's not what Pehe said. He no, it's said not, but it's what you're saying. No, 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 no. I am saying exactly what Pehe says. He no, says, not. He, he says that a system which, if you remove a part, mm -hmm. it becomes non-functional. Yeah. And okay. so if it can't evolve. And... and, and and if it evolves, mm -hmm. then it is not irreducibly complex anymore by definition. Does I, it I, remove I, that? Oh, okay, let's say we find an irreducibly complex, and I know I've asked this before, but if we find... Let, let, let irreducibly... me just clarify that. Either okay. a system is irreducibly complex, and then it cannot be the product of evolution, or it has been demonstrated to evolve, and then it is by definition not irreducibly complex anymore. Either it's one or the other. Okay. It cannot be both. Otangelo, if it already meets the definition that Behe gave, and then it's shown to have evolved, and then your claim is, well, therefore it's not irreducibly complex, which is what yes. I'm hearing, that makes your statement unfalsifiable. It's now no. officially outside the realm of science, because we can point no. to a trillion things that meet the definition. And as long as one of them remains currently unexplained, you can say, see, I win. That requires okay. science scientists to be omniscient to falsify your hypothesis. That makes your hypothesis fallacious, unscientific, and completely useless. Okay. If, if, if your burden of, of proof, let's say, or if you are happy, if you say, oh, here is an example which has been falsified, and that settles the issue, and you are happy with that. And I'm not entirely think, sure oh, what you mean by that. Could you rephrase? Okay, you brought up two, two, three examples, the HIV example, another one which you claim it can evolve, and therefore uh, the, the, the claim of irreducible complexity has been falsified. If you are happy with that, fine, but that doesn't remove the fact that there are many systems which we know cannot be the product of evolution. How do you and know? Therefore, and therefore, the, the, the claim that an intelligent designer is required to instantiate these systems, that claim has not been I'm not currently uh, making uh, falsified. that claim. So my, my claim is not because irreducible, irreducible complexity fails as an argument, therefore intelligent design fails. I happen to think that intelligent design fails, but it's not just because irreducible complexity fails. My but point right here, right now, is irreducible complexity does not, A, provide evidence for intelligent design, or B, provide any problem for evolution because we know it actually does evolve. Therefore, it is not an argument for or against anything. It is okay. completely I have useless. Covered, I, I, I myself 
have not known until then brought up these two arguments in regards of irreducible complexity. That's why I said I have to look into them to then okay. give an answer in regards of those. Now, the examples which I have brought forward, I have never seen a proponent of evolution falsify them. And I, after our debate, I can give you an entire list and then be my guest and try to falsify what I am saying. Oh, Atanjali, what is what is the point of the list? Is it that until the list is completely exhausted, irreducible complexity remains a problem? Yes, I can give that is if, that if, that is the problem that we're having. That is not how science works. Falsification goes like this: hypothesis states if x, then y; if not y, not x. Okay, those are the two parts of a scientific Depper, hypothesis. There, Depper, there are examples of claims uh, where predictions have been made of evolution and these claims have been falsified. Yes, but and then does the that, theory does was that, modified. That, does that mean that the entire evolutionary framework has failed? It means that the hypothesis used to make that specific prediction has failed. That's the same exactly thing with East. Then theory. what's your new oh, hypothesis? You need a new hypothesis and it can't just be the same hypothesis, but unfalsifiable. Which well, is what I you're giving I me. Think, so, for example, I think that I think that you are squibbling with definitions, which uh, I think definitions are entirely. Are well, I think it is entirely meaningless if you just simply claim, "Oh, this is an irreducible complex system, which has evolved." When, by definition, irreducible complex systems cannot evolve. Okay, then. If the new definition for irreducible complexity that's not is the new definition, that's the definition which P he gave. Okay, look, look, let, let's, let's even though that's not the definition the that we both read, even though that's not the definition we both read, I'll just grant that that's the definition that B he gave. If that's the definition B he gave, irreducible complexity isn't really even an idea. It's just a warm blanket you wrap around yourself to keep your illusions intact. It's not scientific. It's barely even a coherent thought. It's just a fallacy. I disagree with you. Well, that's and great, can, but that's logic. And, uh, well, if you well, say it's just no, the no true Scotsman fallacy, potentially. No, if I and say, I can, and I, I gave you a prime example why what I am saying is substantiated. That's nature great, but if I would, say to you, nature would, let, me, let me finish that thought okay. because I want to reinforce that. If you have a biosynthesis pathway of 17 proteins where the eight last proteins are non-functional uh, in another system, only in that system, and then you have a product which is chlorophyll B, and chlorophyll B by itself as a product has also no function unless it is incorporated in a greater system of photosynthesis, then what does that demonstrate? What what Behe claimed is that a precursor system which is uh, 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 which has no advantage and which has no function, it cannot be the product of evolution. And what I am demonstrating here, I am exaber I, I am making it even more clear that a, pro a complex system of eight proteins, which would you which would which would be the uh, producing a complex product, which by itself then also would have no function unless incorporated in a much bigger system, evolution would not come up with such a system. And that is logical. Okay. What I want to do is, uh, oh, let's, let's do maybe one or two more things in terms okay. of the interchange and then we'll jump into the Q&A.
No, that, that works. Okay, so Changeable, by saying that part of the definition of irreducible complexity is that it can't evolve, therefore anything that has evolved can't be irreducibly complex. Yes. You are essentially just making the no true Scotsman fallacy. If I say no Scotsman will ever be found drinking Budweiser beer, because you know, no Scotsman would have such poor taste in beer, but then I walk into a Scottish pub with a man who has a Scottish birth certificate sipping on a Budweiser, that does not mean that he isn't a true Scotsman. It means my statement is false. And okay, if I get to say he's not I, a real Scotsman, then I'm the one with the problem, not him. Okay. I've, I've said to you the two examples which you brought up, I've not read into them. Let, let, me, let me read the papers okay. and then I will tell you, I will either grant you that what you are saying is true, uh, or I will say, well, this is one more science paper which is just making things up and what they claim has not been done. Oh, hold on, Etangelo, if you were going to accuse someone of making things up, that's a serious, serious offense. That's accusing someone of academic fraud. You need, if you even broach that, you better be able to show that they falsified no, their data no, 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 or no, no, made no. it up. What, what I am saying is, is this, Depper. There are plenty of evolutionary science papers which cannot empirically demonstrate what they are claiming. They say, we think, we suggest, we suppose, it is hypothesized, uh, probably, and so forth. Yeah, but you that's know? how science works, attention. <laughs> that's what, how science works. That's, that's like, can, complain, that's like complaining cannot, about mathematicians but, using too many numbers. What do you want? Then, well, math is not evolution. Then you cannot say that irreducible complexity has been falsified unless you can demonstrate yes. System actually evolved from a precursor system, which 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 Science. had parts which were not functional. You would have to step several uh, steps, non-functional steps, to then reach a, a level where the system becomes functional. That's what I want to see. Okay, but Otangelo, what your your complaint your complaint here is that science isn't confirmationist; it's falsificationist. But that's been the case for a long time now because confirmationalism has problems dealing with things that are initially seem confirmed, but then later could be disconfirmed. Confirmationalism was a proposed mechanism for science at one point. It has been rejected because it can be demonstrable that confirmationism results in incorrect answers. Falsificationism has the problem of you always have to be speculative or circumspect with your statements because you cannot confirm them 100%, but it has the advantage of getting rid of wrong answers more reliably. So the fact that science isn't what you want it to be isn't a problem for science. Science will always say things like, we suggest, we propose, possibly, probably, it seems, because science is fundamentally based on falsificationism. If things which can be that, falsified that, are rejected. Things that, which are tested and not falsified haven't been confirmed. They just have failed to be falsified. And it's what we go with until we don't I mean, until they're falsified. That's how science works. You can't have it both ways. Either you, you demonstrate a claim to be true by empirical tests, and then you can say no. uh, uh, another claim has That is been 100% wrong. Science well, never then, demonstrates well, a claim then, to be true. Well, it demonstrates have, other well, claims to be false. Well, then I think we have a, a, a conceptual disagreement here. Oh, hey, if you a science what? paper says Otangelo. something is true but cannot demonstrate it but just claims it to be so, that's not the falsification. If you, you want, as, if you want as, to make as, the as argument, it to be. if you want to make the argument the philosophy of science should switch back to confirmationism, have at it, my dude. But I'm going to give you a heads up. 
Confirmationism fails because it produces wrong results. That's just that's just how it is. For I, me, I, falsification, I like Dapper, Dapper, for me, falsification is if you post, put it in the test lab, you test the thing and see the thing evolving in front of your eyes, and then you can say, okay, that has been demonstrated to happen that way. Therefore, the claim, for example, that EC is, is true has been falsified. But if you say, oh, because science paper X is uh, hypothesizing that it could be, it uh, probably, and so forth, that is not, in my Actually, book, a falsification. They, they both do, and here's one. Because, um, sorry, I just had a, a blank. Irreducible complexity, that's it. I had to look at the name of the show. I'm sorry, I don't know what just happened. Uh, irreducible complexity, my goodness. Because it makes the claim cannot, not simply do not, all that's needed is a hypothetical. But fortunately, we have both things. We have plausible mechanisms for many things that are claimed to be irreducibly complex, as well as the even stronger observed instances of irreducible, irreducibly complex systems evolving as they are observed. Yeah, I want to see that. Show me the papers I and I will grant you to, that you have a case. do want to jump in. This may be a good opportunity. Yeah, I so think it's a good time. Want to say thank you, everybody, for your questions. We are excited to jump into it. I want to say thanks, everybody, for being here. This always just puts me in a great mood just to be here. And so one quick reminder... The guest links are in the description. So if you want to hear more, what are you waiting for? You can by clicking on those links. Also pinned at the top of the chat, I have put Dapper Dino's after show. So we're, we're willing to Yay. do that for either side in any debate. We're willing to link the after shows in either the description or the chat or both. And so Dapper's is there. If Otangelo decides to have one or if, you know, Maddox or whoever, one of uh, Otangelo's other... Uh, members of his entourage have an after show link. Entourage, that's cool. <laughs> then I can uh, link that as well. And so, thanks for your question. This one coming in from Rodent, no last name, says, "Why do creationists straw man?" Okay, so more it's like we're looking for more <laughs> serious questions. So, <clears throat> thanks, Rodent, last name for the no, Rodent, I, no last name for the super chat. Anyway, I have a feeling that uh, yeah. So, Rodent, la no last name, says. Otangelo, do you consider all existent creation myths as your intelligent designer or just the Christian God? I just believe in Genesis in Bible. Gotcha. Next, appreciate your question. This one comes from Sphincter of Doom, our favorite. <laughs> says removing a keystone. Hi, Josh. Removing a keystone from an arch or arc has the arc. Arch arch thank you that's right like uh like yeah yeah it's like the has the, no. has the arch collapsed that does not let us conclude that the arch had no previous scaffolding that existed that led to its current stage that is now absent otangelo yes the 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 uh, the arc the, the first becoming the arc uh, uh, and building up that has first to be explained before before it can become irreducible so that's the problem of the middle of the two step middle argument next and can i just get a quick i, like, I was you can 30? you guys can do this to each either uh, each other but we do have a, a pretty good amount of questions for tonight okay. so i would I just say, want to say only sparingly okay so the point that the arch example gives is um, that the way that some things can evolve to be irreducibly complex is they can evolve 
a system that isn't irreducibly complex, but then important functions then get localized to a system that makes part of the system redundant. The redundant part can fall away and the result can be a now newly irreducibly complex system. That's the example with the scaffolding, but that's the part that's now redundant. You take it away. There you go. That's the whole point of that example. Gotcha. Thank you. And for those of you who are both in our Twitch chat and our YouTube one, let me know. I'm trying to find on my page, it doesn't show the Twitch chat anymore. I don't know why, but I see there's seven peeps hanging out there. So let me know if that's just me. If anybody's hanging out on both YouTube or uh, Twitch, you can let me know in the YouTube chat. By the way, folks, quick reminder, we do have Twitch. So we are excited for this. And you can also, the word on the streets is that, so we've become affiliates. So if you want to subscribe to us, you can. And the word nice. on the streets is, if you have Amazon Prime, you if you have Amazon Prime, you have a free Twitch sub mm -hmm. that you can use. And so stoked to see you there on Twitch as we are now watching James. both chats. Congrats, man. That's pretty cool. Thanks. And thank you for your question from Mike Billars has made an appearance saying, James, did you screen these interlocutors? Oh, never mind. It's not funny anymore. Here, just have the money. Thanks for your support. <laughs> Appreciate that. And yes, nobody misses uh, Darth Dawkins more than me. So I, I actually do like once in a while on uh, Discord, I call him a soy boy because he won't respond. <laughs> but, but no, 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 for real, no hard feelings against Darth. I really do. I No joke. I like. We hope he's doing well. I got no hard feelings. Stinker of Doom says polypeptides are linear chains. Do we got that? Yeah. We... Hmm. No, I don't think we did. They said polypeptides are linear chains of amino acids. Proteins are chains of multiple polypeptides with a minimum of 50 amino acids. Fair enough. I'll, I'll, I'll say that. There you go. I mean, I think that was directed at me. Oh. Oh, gotcha. Thank you for that. Yeah. And El Spaghetto says, this is a stick up. Everybody briefly describe the adaptive value. Describe adaptive value right now. Who would you like to have go first? Your preference. Go ahead, since you asked. Okay, so uh, adaptive value, uh, and this is just off the cuff, so you know, please look it up if you're actually curious. But uh, basically, anything has adaptive value if it allows an organism to more successfully produce, ultimately, descendants that go on to themselves reproduce. Usually, we measure it at the point of grandchildren who reproduce, because you have to cut it off somewhere. But um, in some organisms, we have other uh, measurements. But yeah, if it helps the organism reproduce better in its current environment, that has adaptive value. The degree to which it has value is the degree to which it helps with that. Gotcha. Otangelo, agree, disagree, triggered? Um, I passed this question. Gotcha. Thank you. So Otangelo is not giving you the satisfaction. Next oh, up. No. That's fine. <laughs> Thank you for your question from El Spaghetto says, no, no, we got that one. Rodent, no last name. Thank you, says Dapper. ID is not a theory. Intelligent design is instead a hypothesis. I would agree. Uh, I was sloppy tonight in my use of the word theory. Uh, I tended to use it colloquially, and I apologize. What would, you would like to answer for me, ID is a fact. Well, okay. <laughs> Throwing the gauntlet down. Thank you very much. And next up, Michael Dresden, Otangelo. Okay. It's another troll. Uh, I'm sorry. How do I? Why am I not surprised? I'm sorry, Wilson, thank you, says, uh, I like your positivity, says, Happy New Year, James, and to your butt chin. I appreciate that. I've always had a butt chin. You see that? It's like an automatic dimple. It's always on. Good day to you, sir. Thank you, says, 
let's say there is no theory of evolution, like we were born 200 years ago. Where is the evidence for a designer, Otangelo? Well, uh, the, the, the evidence is uh, what we are doing is post-dictions or abductive reasoning to the best explanations. We do not have a time machine to go back in the past and see what happened there. So our evidence is indirect. Gotcha. And thank you very much for your question. This one coming in from, coming hot from James Watkins says, Otangelo, how do you know the proteins involved in photosynthesis didn't have some different function? When they first generated, well, because uh, the, that uh, science papers they 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 uh, uh, they, uh, they give the numbers. You can look it up in the in the proteins, uh, the data bank, and then you see what uh, functions they have been discovered for uh, a given uh, protein. So you can look it up. Gotcha, and thank you very much. For your question, this one coming in hot from Top Dog Shattuck says, Poro Tangelo, if the truth was different than what you currently believe, would you listen and accept it? Of course. Thank you. Andrew Cumming, thanks for your... Oh, that's right. He canceled his question. The Maverick, thanks for your question, said a uh, question for Dino. How did miniature single-celled organisms create huge dinosaurs? Even the scientific theory proposes one-off process. That has never occurred again, meaning ID. I'm a little confused. Well, first of all, multicellularity has, in fact, arisen several times in the history of life, including recently in historical times. We've watched it happen. Um, so it's it's not a one-off thing. Uh, the rise of multicellularity, which is the interpretation, I think, is meant by the question. So, I mean, uh, multicellularity can arise in a few ways. Uh, one of the big ways is if you introduce a, uh, a predator to the environment which uh, can't eat things that are too large then you start getting cells clumping together and from there uh, since they're all going to be end up closely related over uh, selection pressure to develop different cell types so first the first thing we've observed happening in actual experiments in multicellularity is we get the division between somatic and reproductive cells and that is essentially the first tissue because tissues are cells that are structurally different and have different functions um, and so it's not tissue but the first um identifiable cell types, because not all multicellular organisms have tissues per se. But uh, from there, it's just a matter of uh, it being adaptageous, uh, adaptively advantageous to develop new specializations among the cells. And since we've already watched one specialization among cells develop, I don't see any particular problem with having a second or a third or a fourth. Gotcha. Thank you very much. And this one just in. Glad to see you again. Our dearest friend, Area 85 Restorations, says, Can the creationist, Otangelo, provide an example of creationism making a novel, accurate future prediction that can be scientifically verifiable? If not, then he has no argument. Well, if you think so, up to him. Of course, we cannot uh, predict that God will create again uh, what he has done in the past, but we know by uh, that intelligence can do what we see in nature. We we don't know that unguided random events can do the same. Gotcha. And thank you for your question. This one coming in from communist propagandist for Otangelo. Is God more complex than us? If so, wouldn't God's existence demand a creator more than our existence? If not, that's proof that things can create more complex things 
Yeah, that's a good question. Of course, God is not complex because he is not made of parts. He's a spirit. So that answers the question. He is not complex. Gotcha. Thank you for your question. This one coming in from Beowulf. Beowulf. Okay, says, just teasing, buddy. <laughs> I'm totally kidding. Says, if anything that has evolved is not irreducibly complex by definition, doesn't that make the phrase irreducibly irreducible complexity things can't evolve? Oh, so sorry, I've screwed this one up. They, okay, I'm going to start over. If anything that has evolved is not irreducibly complex by definition, doesn't that make the phrase, quote, irreducibly complex things can't evolve, unquote, a useless tautology? No, it is either one or the other. Either a system is irreducibly complex and it cannot have come by, by evolutionary mechanisms, or if it evolved, then it is by definition not uh, irreducibly complex. And I just like to say, yes, it absolutely makes it a useless tautology. That's okay. why I said it's not even, it's barely even a thought. Okay, Angelo, I'll give you the last word since it was for you. Any thoughts? Well, I, th I, I think um, we can have a, an after show chat about this. Gotcha. Juicy. He's, he's saying, I'll meet you outside. Next up, thanks hey, for your I, question. I, you, you're welcome to come on to the, um, the after show. I'll email it right, the link right to you. Juicy. I don't have it yet, so. Pinned at the top of the chat, that after show is. And likewise, mention, folks, no matter what side, we're happy to link your after show. Correct, Nightwolf, Nightwolf says, Otangelo, do scientists have to observe something before they can say it's happening? If so, do you believe in forensic science that helps solve murders when we weren't there? Well, I think that's precisely what we discussed tonight. If someone says something has been falsified without empirical evidence and tests, then this is a baseless claim. It has to be demonstrated. Gotcha. And thank you for your question. This one coming in hot from Top Dog Shattuck says, Otangelo, you want a man-made analogy for irreducible complexity? If you remove a load-bearing structure, of course it falls apart, but towers can be built up. Yeah, they can be, be built up by intelligent people. Gotcha. Next up, thank you, Argatha, for your question. Says, for Dapper Dino, the 4-H-I- V proteins, were they used somewhere else prior to the novel function of attaching to human cells? So interestingly, this is actually a single protein uh, that requires four uh, mutations that uh, occur in order to make the new irreducibly complex protein. Because remember, uh, biological system is basically anything that you can find identifiably in um, a biological organism. And so what's actually happening is that this uh, VPU protein is used in another um, function called DSGXXS degradation, which has to do with how the um, virus inserts itself into the cell and helps it reproduce and whatnot. It's, we don't have to get into all of that. But this VPU um, protein does the same function in both the HIV-1 group M as well as in all other HIV uh, groups. It's only in uh, HIV-1 group M, where the VPU has gained this new and irreducibly complex function of tethering antagonism, and it only has done so through the addition of these four required parts, which actually form this cool little radial spoke sort of look on the um, on the actual protein, and then it inter goes through the cell membrane and basically tells tethering to just get out of here. 
Gotcha. Appreciate that. And jumping into our next question, we really appreciate your question. Joe the Toe Rogan says, how did these odd-shaped, quote, dinosaur, unquote, have sex to reproduce? Seems impossible. So actually, that that's actually an open question in a lot of cases. It's not clear how things like uh, stegosaurs managed to um, actually uh, do the deed. Um, although I'll point out that there are animals today that you would think would have trouble. For instance, um, you know how porcupines mate? The answer is just very carefully. That, that's literally the answer. They're just super careful about it. So, um, but there have been other instances. I don't know how um, explicit we want to go, but uh, one option is um, very, very flexible intermittent organs. Uh, you see that in whales and uh, in elephants today. So that's a possibility. Um, other possibilities are unconventional uh, mating stances, like um, side to like standing like left to right side or right to left side, um, things like that. So, yeah, it's actually an open question, and it's one of those questions I don't know that we're ever actually going to get a good answer to because there's only so much you can tell from what's almost always just bones. Interesting. Thank you very much. And next question, Joe the Toe Rogan said, "Why?" Did the T-Rex arms evolve so short with this wacky theory? Um, so <clears throat> there are a couple of uh, competing hypotheses about T-Rex arms, uh, but the dominant one is that, uh, so if you look at very basal um, tyrannosauroids, I uh, get things like uh, Dilong and things like that. They actually have fairly beefy long arms, um, but as you get closer and closer phylogenetically to the uh, ter- you know, Tyrannosaurine and Albertosaurine Tyrannosaurus, the classical ones that we think of, um, there's an increasing dominance in the use of the hind limbs for prey restraint and the mouth for prey dispatch. And um, so what's probably happening is that we're just seeing overall the arms becoming less and less important to actually getting food. And therefore, uh, relative to the total body size, they end up shrinking. Although it's important to note that even in the latest and most uh, derived Tyrannosaurians and Albertosaurians, uh, you still actually get fairly well-developed arms. They don't ever get to the point where you see like in... Um, uh, like a Bellosaurus, where they're just completely useless. And so there have been some hypotheses that um, there may have actually still been some prey restraint or some utility to arms. Maybe it helped um, Tyrannosaurus who'd fallen or were just sleeping or whatever get up. Or maybe certain particularly large prey items might have been somewhat gripped in order to position them for a bite. Um, but yeah, that is sort of the, the one-minute version of T-Rex Tiny Arm. Gotcha. Thank you very much. Next one. We just had a super chat come in from James Watkins. It says, Otangelo. I imagine that's how he was like saying it when he wrote it. <laughs> Otangelo. The question is, do you believe that all functions of all proteins are known and cataloged by scientists? Well, I know where he wants to go with that, but I say this. Uh, what can be claimed without evidence can be dismissed without evidence. Juicy. And with that, want to let you know, folks, we are so excited. Uh, this has been a total blast. Our guests are linked in the description. Also, Ochangelo has an after show. What I'm going to do is I'm going to be back in about 58 seconds. And at that point, I'm going to give you some sweet channel updates as we are excited about some sweet stuff coming up. Uh, we have some in addition to, as you had probably seen on the bottom right of your screen, I'm giving this one special attention. I'm switching it over two seconds. So John Perry from Stated Clearly will be here debating Tom Jump on Modern Day Debate on whether or not there is code 
more particularly, to be more exact with the title, I made it super short for this little promotion tag, but whether or not there is code within DNA. That is going to be an epic debate that's coming up on the 13th. So we hope to see you there. If you want a reminder, hit that subscribe button. Oh, and by the way, don't forget to hit that bell button. If you've never looked at that little bell button, one thing to know is that depending on like what you could say sub setting you put the little bell button at, it will either give you all updates or only some, or you can actually, I think ironically, you can actually set it so that it'll give you like none. So want to let you know that bell button make sure it's uh showing as like rattling or on and that way you'll get those reminders from when we do go live or put out a new video john smith in the house with a last minute question we're gonna fit we're gonna squeeze this one in john smith i like you john said question for otangelo you probably or otangelo you probably had this question before but do you think that christians that believe that god guided evolution can sufficiently maintain their faith uh yes I believe so. Agreed. Gotcha. And thank you all for that. Want to say thanks so much. As mentioned, folks, I will be right back in approximately 58 seconds. So we are pumped to share sweet updates. This is uh, my favorite picture, guys. This is uh, me and speaking of T-Jump and Steven Steen and myself getting ready for one of those January car washes. We can't get enough of it. But as mentioned, <laughs> be back in 58 seconds. And thanks so much for being here with us, folks. Back in a moment. The new Super Beats Heart Shoes Advanced is now supercharged with CoQ10. Support your healthy CoQ10 levels and blood pressure with two chews a day. Visit RadioBeatsBeets.com and save 15% with promo code DEAL. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.